KUCI. Definitely. KUCI. KUCI. Hey, 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 what are, what are you guys talking about? KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Or online. Oh, yeah. That's what we're listening to right now, huh? Yeah. yeah. You're listening to 88.9 FM KUCI Irvine. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of KUCI or the University of California, Irvine. The Heather McCoy Show. Yes, it is the Heather McCoy Show. Welcome to it. We have another fun Tuesday morning. Later on the show, we'll have your guest, Michelle Simon, a public health lawyer who will talk about her new piece in the Huffington Post about California Prop 37. The genetically modified food labeling bill. Robert Larson returns this week with his report from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. And rounding out the hour, we'll have some news items, plus some fun with some awkward moments from the uh, Olympic broadcast of the closing ceremony Sunday night. But first, we're going to start off with this week in Stadium Debauchery with our usual suspect, Neil DeMouse, who runs FieldOfSchemes.com. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hey, how's it going? Well, um, I'm going to start off the, our weekly visit uh, with a sound clip, actually. Um, the clip I'm going to play is actually an interesting uh, exchange and kind of like dead air time between Al Michaels and um, Bob Costas as they try to fill time. They talk about Hussein Bolt's possible scenarios for the future uh, during the uh, closing ceremony last Sunday night. I'll play that now. Think of it in these terms too, Bob. The man ran less than 40 seconds mm-hmm. and won three gold medals, the 100, the 200, and the 4 by 100 relay. I just can't get it out of my mind. How great would it be one time just to see him in an NFL training camp? Well, the one-time world's fastest human, Bob Hayes, did it in the 60s and 70s for the Cowboys. Ronaldo Nehemiah did it. But this guy makes some 15 to $20 million a year on tracks around the world. He doesn't have to be hit. I don't think you're going to see it. That's quarterback money. Yeah, it's quarterback money. This clip reminded me of a post you wrote of the long-term viability of the NFL shortly after the suicide of Junior Seau about how cities considering giving a major subsidies to build an NFL stadium should ask themselves first, will the NFL be what it is in, in 30 years? Uh, with Usain Bolt earning, quote, quarterback money, do you think this could be the start of male athletes looking to other sports to compete in? You know, I think that, you know, anybody who's, you know, uh, 15 years old or anybody who has a 15-year-old, you know, at this point has to be thinking about, um, you know, how do you weigh uh what sports your your kid is going to go into i mean obviously you know the number of people making 15 million dollars a year on track is pretty slim beyond yeah. beyond bold um but you know the, the the odds are long on making it in any sport right yeah um and you know if you have to choose between football and you know track or basketball or anything else um the fact that you know as we're now seeing you're you know there are such dramatic health risks um, in uh, in football. Um, it's got to be giving people second thoughts. I mean, I don't think it's going to dry up the the talent pool for football by any means. I mean, there's still people going to boxing after all. Yeah. Um, but you know, I could totally see football taking sort of a glide path similar to what boxing has over the last 30 years, where it's gone from something that at one time was you know on the front page of the sports pages and you know, has sort of become more of a niche sport. I don't think it's going to happen soon, obviously. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about, um, you know, what happens if, uh, 
you know, parents in the less football crazy states start, you know, um, getting their schools to uh, to stop playing football. What happens if you know some of the colleges start backing out? Um, it's it's definitely a you know a concern if you're the NFL or if you're somebody talking about putting a lot of money into an NFL stadium because these things are supposed to last you know 30 years or so yeah the what you say about boxing is true i think the last heavyweight champion i can remember is uh, buster douglas and um you, the other thing the atlanta constitutional uh journalist wrote was something like high schools have other priorities other than football so they can if a you know a teenager for example kills himself and it has a related you know brain injuries they if they face a few lawsuits they might drop their high school program and then the feeder system for the nfl is dried up yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Texas is never going to give up high school football, no. or not anytime soon. You know, they <laughs> yeah. built, I think, a $60 million high school stadium in, in one oh of the towns God. there. Um, but, uh, you know, that, again, that's, that's a very different sport if it's one that is sort of regionally, uh, you know, regional in terms of who's going to play it and regional in terms of, uh, of you know, who's still who's still watching it. My, my personal uh, uh, suggestion is that they should just get rid of the NFL. or Sorry, not get rid of the NFL, just get rid of the players and have them play Madden on TV uh, and let people bet on that because people would enjoy it just as much. The graphics are probably better. Yeah, actually the um, the iRacing series that NASCAR does on, you know, pe- players, you know, just playing computer game cars, the racing seems much more exciting than the real thing. <laughs> I, you know, I, I say that half jokingly, but I think it, it might actually be a solution <laughs> in the long run. You know, maybe in the next generation will actually be more excited about watching, uh, you know, video game football or racing or some of the other dangerous sports instead of the, you know, having to put people in harm's way. Yeah, for NASCAR though, it's not so much it's a dangerous sport. The car of tomorrow is greatly cut down on injuries. It's just uh, four teams control the entire sport, and if you're lucky, like Marcus Ambrose at a road course, you can be a smaller team and win. So it, when you you know, cut down the pool of potential winners. It's just uh, basically driving around in circles lately. But uh, meanwhile, let's go back to the stadium subsidy deal. Um, and meanwhile, in Buffalo, it seems that uh, the NFL has uh, the Bills um, having Ch- Ch- Senator Chuck Schumer lobbying the NFL to have the G fund f- rules changed so the Ralph Wilson heirs when he. Um, passes away because he's like 90 uh so they they can flip the bills after the dad's passing and the 200 million in renovations go to somebody else and they don't have to pay it back uh i thought the the private business uh lobbied government why is the usual model flipped on its head this time (laughs) you know whenever there's a uh a uh a stadium deal in the works everybody you know all the elected officials like to sort of show that they're doing something um and i think you know chuck schumer is um, trying to sort of stick his finger in by saying, like, oh, you know, right now the Bills are uh, are in the situation where they want a new stadium. Unlike a lot of other teams, they can't. Uh, they sorry, they can get a loan from the NFL, but um, they uh, if they were to get it, they'd probably have to pay it back almost right away after after their current owner, who's 94, is he? Yeah. Um, you know, passes away, and and his uh, if his heirs sell the team because that's the way the NFL rules go. So Schumer came in and said uh, and said, you know, well, we want the uh, you know the NFL to change those rules to make it easier for the Bills. It's easier for him to say that. I don't think the NFL really cares what he <laughs> says. Um, I think the more significant thing is that you saw the governor Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, um, announced that he was hiring you know basically a stadium czar to uh, to try and help the Bills get a get a new stadium there. And you know, it's this is a situation where. Um, the 
you know, we don't really know what the subsidies are going to have to look like. I think it started at about $80 million and now it's up to about $200 million. Um, and uh, it's, it's a, little, a little worrisome, especially um, for those of us in the rest of New York State, like myself, <laughs> who uh, are going to end up having to possibly having to pay taxes for this team that's eight hours away and competes with all the teams locally here, even though our local teams aren't in New York State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, can you give us an update to the $30 million of uh, tax money Santa Clara periled out of the stadium Niner, 49er stadium deal to give to teachers and education? Um, what, did yeah. this, what does the settlement exactly mean for both parties? Yeah, I mean, basically what happened was, you know, Santa Clara, uh, uh, after initially having its redevelopment agency promise $30 million to the 49ers, redevelopment agencies went away in California. Um, the $30 million reverted to this county-controlled board. They said, oh, great, we could use $30 million for schools. Um, and then the 49ers, uh, you know, they wound up in this, in this lawsuit with the 49ers. Um, so they basically cut a deal saying, okay, look, this is based on property taxes over the next, you know, several years. Let's just uh, space out the payments a little bit more. Uh, the county and you know other uh, other local school boards and things will get uh, will get l- about half the money that they were expecting to. The 49ers will get about half the money they were expecting to, but will get it over a longer period of time. So they'll get their 30 million dollars. It's just going to take longer for them to get it. Um, you know, it's is it a win-win? Eh. Uh, you know, I mean, if the county thought that they could win all 30 million dollars, obviously that would have been uh, would have been better for. Uh, you know, for taxpayers there and for school kids and things. Yeah. Um, but it's good at least that they got something back. I mean, you know, rather than just roll over and, and say, oh, you know, you thought you were getting $30 million, but now you, we don't have to give it to you? Well, sure, okay. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small win for taxpayers, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a little a- disappointing to see that the 49ers are going to get essentially the money that they demanded, um, you know, again, paid out over a little more time. Um, just by threatening a lawsuit, it's a very small s- s- drop in the bucket because the stadium's at one point two billion now. Is has a price tag rise r- risen from there? Uh, I think it's still at around one point two. Um, and you know, yeah, it's it's on the one hand, it's chump change for the 49ers. On the other hand, you know, you don't get to be uh, a multimillionaire by uh, you know giving up thirty million dollars here and there. No, no, um, and you know that's. That's the way they play this game. So. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, I want to end as we start talking about the Olympics. Can you explain the substitution effect for tourists in major cities like London for the games and the magnitude of the substitution effect depending on the size of the city? Yeah, um, the the whole idea of the substitution effect that economists look at is, um, and I think we talked about this before the, in previous weeks, the uh, that you can't just total up all the money spent by people going to the Olympics or the Super Bowl or, you know, the baseball game or whatever and say, oh, this is all the money that's spent as a result of these sporting events. Because the people who are going to the sporting events would still exist if not for these events and would be spending the money somewhere. Um, obviously, if you're just talking about your local, you know, baseball game, um, you can say, okay, these are mostly local people. They would be spending it, say, at restaurants or at other sporting events. Otherwise, um, at least a lot of the, a lot of the same money. Um, with the Olympics, what's interesting is, you know, obviously the Olympics, you've got a lot of people coming from out of town. You would think, wow, this is a huge influx of money. Um, what economists have looked at is, have found out 
is, yeah, there's this huge influx of money, but it drives out all the other money, right? Because who on earth was going, you know, was going to take a, just a regular vacation to London um, in July of 2012? You know, if anybody was thinking about that, they'd said, oh, whoops, you know, we better schedule for somewhere else um, this year. Um, so you had, you know, a lot, the Olympic tourists drove out a lot of the regular tourists. And at the same time, a lot of the people in London um, who normally would have been going out and spending money um, were either getting out of town and taking their own <laughs> vacation then or were, you know, working from home or things like that. Um, so most economists who have looked at this say that the net effect on spending in your city from the Olympics is a wash. You get a lot of new spending, and then it drives out a lot of old spending, and it winds up being you know, about equal. I mean, sales taxes, for example, sales tax collections wind up being about the same um, that, uh, as, uh, as, if you had, you know, as they were in summers before the Olympics. Um, you know, there's possibly a little bit of a boost um, in that, you know, there's sort of a publicity effect, right? I mean, yeah. people see your city on TV, and, you know, maybe next year, um, you know, your tourist rate will go up a little bit more. Um, that's probably more of a help to a place, a city like Barcelona, which, you know, wasn't as well-known on sort of the international tourist map beforehand. London, did re- London really need the Olympics for people to say, you know, are, you know, were people really watching the London Olympics and saying, hey, wow, London, I'd never thought of going there before, but now that I see it on TV, it looks great. Yeah. Um, maybe a couple, but, you know, the benefit to them has got to be, uh, has got to be you know, seriously diminished. And also, too, the Russian city that is hosting the Winter Olympics for 2014, they want to turn into kind of a resort town, so they're trying to use the Olympics to catapult that effort. I can't remember yeah, the I mean, city's name. The, the, the worry I have there is that you know there's there, you know they say there's no such thing as bad publicity, but um, <laughs> you know you you have to wonder is this going to uh, uh, you know be a, a fantastic advertisement for uh, for them as a uh, you know for their for their hope for resort town, or are people just going to look at it and say, oh, geez, you know, this <laughs> thing is, is, is sort of a patched-together attempt to pretend that you actually have a city there uh, <laughs> to put the Winter Olympics there. And, uh, and again, the Winter Olympics, can you even name where the Winter Olympics has been in the last 30 years? You know, is there any place that you thought about going because the Winter Olympics was held there? Um, so I, you know... I, I, more more power to them, I guess, if they want to throw a lot of money at this as, a, as an attempt to uh, to uh, you know boost tourism around around there. But uh, I think there were there were far cheaper ways of doing it. Yeah, Vancouver and Utah are the only two I can come up with. But um, lastly, uh, we hear a lot about state of the art clauses and stadium leases uh, causing cities to upgrade their buildings when newer ones are built. With more features, in the, in the case of the NFL, this is literally keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, do you think after the London Games we'll have teams clamoring for LED interactive lights in this audience seating area? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Very possibly. Um, I'm actually wondering what's going to happen to those things, right? Because most of the, that uh, stadium is going to be taken down. They're going to reduce the size to probably about 25,000 seats. So uh, hopefully those things will be reused. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a worry that every time you have a new technological advance um, that, uh, you know, sports, sports, sports 
teams in the U.S. are going are to start demanding it. Especially, I don't think it's going to happen right now, I guess is my answer. Um, <laughs> what will happen is the first new team, let's say the 49ers see that and say, oh, we're going to put that in our stadium or whoever, you know, Atlanta, if the Falcons get a new stadium. Um, and then everybody will look around and, like, you know, like the Cowboys' giant scoreboard, they'll say, oh, hey, that's great, and there are competitors we can now claim we need one of those. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, always, always, always something new to worry about. Always something to look forward to, I guess. Uh, Neil DeMoss, this blog's at fieldofschemes.com. Thanks for joining us on the Heather McCoy Show. No problem. Talk to you next no week. Problem. Okay. Next up on the show is Michelle Simon on Prop 37 and why PepsiCo and other companies are firmly against it. And um, for the musical break, we're going to play a British punk rock band song you did not hear on the, the Summer Games closing ceremony. It's Crass with Little A, Big A. This is the Heather McCoy Show.